Our week of prospect talk continues as we're talking today to Will Scourge about the other Blue Jacket that just signed his entry-level contract last week. Uh, we're talking about Phoenix winger Mikhail Poutier, and uh, that's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, of course, your host, Jay Foster. Happy to be here with you. Uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day or your first watch of the day if you are joining us on YouTube. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also on YouTube. So uh, if you're not subscribed over there, make sure you go and hit that button so you will never miss an episode. And... Uh, like I said at the top of the show, we're continuing our prospect chat. Uh, so I talked to the weekend with Will Scout about a couple of the newest Blue Jackets prospects. Yesterday we talked all about Karel Marchenko and how excited Blue Jackets fans should be to see him in a Blue Jackets jersey next year. Today we're talking about a little bit more of a, a low-key prospect, uh, but someone that is still doing some very, very cool things over in Finland. Uh, so today we're talking about Mikhail Poutier. Uh, like I said, big Finnish winger, uh, scored a ton of goals in the Liga uh, this this season and in the playoffs as well. His season is over and he's been rewarded with his interval contract. So uh, I'll just get right into my conversation with Will Scouch about that. With, with Marchenko kind of out of the way and signed, there was another free agent signing uh, a couple of days later that surprised me a little bit more. I wasn't necessarily expecting this guy to sign his ELC. Yes, uh, and that is uh, Mikhail Poutier, uh, Finnish guy who has just been, he was on fire in the league yeah. playoffs. I feel like every single time I refresh Twitter, um, I was seeing goal, goal. He, he just red hot. So, like, yeah. what uh, what should we expect from, from a guy like that? I, I remember when I was watching him play in the, for the 2020 draft because he was scoring a lot and had some pretty strong metrics to go with his data. And, you know, I, I was watching him play, and I can't remember who it was that I was watching, and he was on his line. Um, oh, I was watching Samuel Knasko, who was a guy that Columbus drafted in the exact same draft, so they drafted teammates. And Putia was really interesting. He was a guy who I totally understood why NHL teams didn't have him ranked. Like, I didn't see him on any lists going into the NHL draft, really. I don't even think Central Scouting ranked him uh, in their like hundred and whatever it was of, of European players. Um, I'm pretty sure. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, like the only the only thing on Elite Prospects was that Future Considerations had him ranked 220th. Like he was not on any boards. And I was watching him, and I thought about why. Because when you see guys that score a lot of points, for me, it's a trigger to say, all right, let's see why. Let's see the reasons why this might be a player that teams don't want to look at. And what I saw of him was just a a guy who just shot the puck from literally anywhere on the ice. Like he would he he wasn't very quick, wasn't very skilled, but holy cow, could he shoot the puck. And he didn't score a ton of goals, but a lot of his assists came off of rebounds and a lot of him being a shooting target and instead making a backdoor pass that you might be able to get away with at the junior level in Finland. And he sort of racked up the points doing that. But I sort of watched him and went, 
yeah, I mean, if a team really likes him because he can shoot, then I can absolutely see how maybe a team would pick him late in the draft. But I didn't see anything that was so high level where I'm going, okay, this guy could be a huge play driver in the NHL. But then Columbus comes along and does what they do all the time. And, and they've done this. They did this with Chinikov, right? Like, just it's a guy. He's a guy. Boys, yeah. They just draft a guy who can shoot. Like, that's the thing is, is that you can work on skating. You can work on whatever. But just the raw, for a 17 or 18-year-old kid, the raw ability to shoot the puck like that, it seems to be somewhat hard to find. Or in, in their view, something that is worth banking on. And so I watched Putia last year a little bit just because i wanted to see what the what happens with this kid because i saw i thought okay this is a kid that everybody wrote off columbus didn't and they drafted him in the mid rounds so let's see what happens and i still saw some some similar stuff like i remember watching about the world juniors and because i was like okay it's good that he made the team i'm really curious to see what he can do with the tournament and i still saw some of the issues in terms of you know generating speed and and having some pace in his game and everything but man i mean he he still shoots the puck from everywhere uh, but, but the fact is like, he can shoot the puck from everywhere because he can really shoot the puck. So it's a, it, it was a matter of like projecting that to the NHL to see if it actually could, could work. And, uh, I, I think that when I was, and I didn't see a ton of them this year, I did watch some of the highlights in, in preparation for this and everything just to sort of see what was going on. And it does seem like that shot seems to be paying off for him a little bit more. I mean, he's got 21 goals in 56 games this year and has eight goals in the playoffs. So almost 30 goals in, in the league this year uh, is nothing to shake your fist at. Like, that's a good year in terms of goal scoring. Um, but I also look at him and, and still see a guy who he's going to shoot the puck. Like, that's his thing, is is going to be shooting, shooting, shooting. You know, probably right now strikes me as more of a guy that you put out on your power play, maybe third line, you know, offensive leaning third liner that you put out in your first or second unit power play as a shooting threat. You know, I, I think that there's still a bit of a ways to go in terms of becoming an NHL player, but I do think he could get there. It's it's not impossible. Like I, I, I'm looking now, it looks like he's going back to the Liga next year on loan, which is probably what I would do as well if I were Columbus, but at least you have him signed. You know, he can come to camp, then you can send him to Finland and all that, and you get to see what he can do. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how he turns out. I mean, I'm looking at his shot map on Instat and it is still really all over the place. Like he is shooting from the face-off circle predominantly a lot coming in off the blue line. Like I'm not a huge fan of players who get the puck in the offensive zone. And the first thing on their mind is I'm going to put it on net, you know, they'll cross the offensive blue line. And before they even hit the face-off circles, it's on net. And he seems to be doing that quite often. Uh, he actually has more, according to this chart, more shot attempts from before the faceoff circle down the left wing than he does from right in front of the home plate area in front of the net. So he's a guy who is definitely a volume shooter, a guy who can do it because he has a great shot for sure. Um, but in terms of him relative to a Marchenko, for example, I, I see a lot more potential as an NHL player day in, day out, out of Marchenko than I do out of Putia. But Putia definitely has a really devastating ability to put the puck in the net. And it, could that carry him for a ways in the NHL? For sure. Like there are guys in the NHL who they shoot the puck pretty much first and foremost, and that's their job. Um, but in terms of overall value on a team seems to be a little bit lower than guys like Marchenko, but he had a great year. Like that can't be taken away. Like he had three goals last year and now he's up to almost 30. So a really, really good year. He's rewarded with a good contract from Columbus. 
I would expect that he's an AHLer before he's an NHLer, like maybe the year after next. He's still really young. Like I think he's turning 21 this December, right? Yeah, he's turning 21. So you got lots of time, um, but a little quicker than I expected for sure, like you said, but but a player that I have been curious about for, for a few years now. In a minute, I've got more conversation about Poutier with Will Scout. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online because if I had put money on which Blue Jackets prospect was going to be signing that ELC this summer, it would not have been Mikhail Poutier. I don't know if the odds for that exist on BetOnline.net, but they sure do have a ton of odds for everything else. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. They've got boxing. They've got UFC. They've got your favorite Vegas casino games. If, like me, you are bad at gambling but enjoy uh, an occasional blackjack game, BetOnline.net has you covered there as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Once again, that is BetOnline.net. BetOnline is where the game starts. Yeah, he was very much a guy that, like, because that was, that was the draft year, I think, where we had, like, first, second, and then two-fourths, and then seventh, or something, like, weird. Something like that, yeah. And so I remember looking at all of the guys that we drafted, and then I was like, oh, you know, uh, Knazko is a really intriguing prospect. I'm super excited to see kind of how he turns out. Um, but I wasn't sure about Putia, and then, uh, like, he started just scoring basically yeah <laughs> at will you know yeah. like say, some of it is probably a little bit of um just the law of averages you know if you shoot the puck enough times it's gonna go in the net but uh, sure. i feel like columbus is kind of for me one of the big things in columbus for the last oh god maybe four or five seasons has been goal scoring they've struggled to score goals and that's you right. know obviously uh patrick line picking it up this season uh, he was a point per game after a disappointing season last season uh Bjorkstrand, he is still again might be biased because uh, he plays for the team that i cover but he is still i think one of the most underrated goal scorers in the nhl oh, yeah. like 20 he had 27 goals this season uh boone jenner was on pace to hit 40 yeah 30 goals before he got hurt you know so there are guys that know how to score but it does feel a little bit like columbus is like right We've kind of picked everything else. You know, we still need, ideally, that number one center, which, I mean, I still think that Cole Sillinger has potential to to be that. Maybe that's over-exaggerating over his his ceiling. But, you know, the, the defensive core, I think, is there, um, especially with the addition of uh, Boquist and Bean this uh, last offseason. So really, like, they needed secondary scoring, secondary shooting. Um, you know, after Line A and Bjorkstrand, there wasn't really anyone on the team that I looked at and was like, that's a goal scorer. And I think Columbus has kind of done the same thing. Like, well, it's the fourth round. The chances of someone turning into a legit NHL player after the fourth round feel pretty low. Let's just pick this kid that shoots the puck from literally everywhere and see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I totally level with that too. And you know what? Like, it is true. If you If you need goal scoring... Sometimes you need to draft goal scorers, and and usually those are the guys that I stray away from a little bit. Where in terms of where I value guys, the guys who 
their best talent is at the end of a chain of events. That's generally the ones where I'm going, eh, you know, I'd rather take guys that have other things and then try to help out at the end of the chain of events. And, you know, in reality, I mean, we're watching the NHL playoffs right now. How many playoff goals or how many goals in the NHL in general are shot from, you know, just off of the raw quality of the shooter? There aren't that there aren't that many goal scorers that really just you know they get the puck in open ice and they can you know take some time and there's the quality of their shot gets it by a goalie like it's usually pre pre shot passing pre shot skill rebounds you know tips in front like all these greasy little things so I kind of devalue those guys but you still need good shooters especially on your power play and I think Putio Putio could be one of those guys um, with some development. But again, like you said, fourth round, most of the guys you're going to draft, like it, it does, doesn't, doesn't really matter that much. I mean, in 2020, maybe there were a couple of guys here and there where I might've been a little more interested than a guy like Putio, but, but you're not, that's, that's kind of nitpicking. Like at that point, I'm looking at a lot of these guys and there might've been some guys you might want to bet on, but they certainly weren't playing in the league of this year, scoring almost 30 goals. So that, that, that counts in his favor. Um, and even if he turns out like, it's like we were talking about with Marchenko where have people have these expectations of these prospects and think, Oh, well, if they're not like steals, quote unquote, then it's not the same. And it's, well, you know, look, if, if Mikhail Putia, Putia becomes a, a maybe third line guy, like a day in day out NHL bottom sixer who can sort of chip in offensively, if that's a, what a coach wants him to do but you also put him out on your second power play and he scores 35 points a year and, you know, 20 goals and 15 assists. And most of them are on the power play still has value. And for a fourth round pick, that's better than probably most of the guys that'll be drafted after him. And maybe even some of them before him. So it's, it's, it's not the end of the world, even if he does sort of be one of those bottom six guys, which I think could be where he ends up, you know, Marchenko, I'm pretty sure he'll be an NHL role player and a, and a pretty good one, but uh, Putia, I think will be a bit of a longer burn, see how he goes, you know, hopefully next year he can sort of round out his game a little bit better while still retaining that shooting talent. And then once he comes over to North America, who knows what he could be? I mean, I, I feel like he'll get lots of time, uh, with, with the AHL program to sort of get some minutes and, and get some, get some reps and score some goals down there maybe. Uh, and then who knows where he goes from there, but, but he, you know, I could see an NHL player there for sure, especially one that's more focused on, you know supplementary offense, I guess you could say. Yeah, if we get 10 to 15 goals out of a fourth-round pick like Boutier, like, I'm I'm pretty yeah. happy with easy. that. Easy, you know? easy, like, yeah. They're not all going to be. I think a lot of people look, and, you know, obviously we talked about this a little bit when we talk about Marchenko, a lot of people look at guys like, um, for example, Cam Atkinson, who's a seventh-round draft pick, or, you know, go even further, Pavel Datsuk, second-round draft pick, uh, seventh-round draft pick. You know, a lot of people are like, well, every, why isn't my seventh round draft pick turning into Pavel Datsuk? And I'm like, there's yeah. a reason, like, there's a reason that's such a big story, you yeah. know? Um, but I wonder if the the thing about um, Poutier being, you know, a, a 10, maybe 15 goal scorer, I think, like, that's, I think that's about all we can really ask of a, a guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I always... I always in this work think about setting, I set my bar as conservatively as I can and say, all right, like prove me wrong. Right. Like mm. the, the, the NHL is so, so hard. We talk, we talk about this all the time. Like just me and some other scouts or, or in the discord server that I have, like everybody 
you know, so many people are in there sort of watching junior hockey once in a while, or even, even some European hockey and they'll go back to the NHL right away, especially now, cause there's NHL hockey on all the time. And they go, yeah, the NHL is really hard. Like the NHL is not, is unlike pretty much every other hockey league in the world where the intensity level of both ends is just so constant. The, the quickness, the, 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 the proceed, the, the, uh, the speed with which you need to perceive the game and read what's going on around you. Like there's no other league like it. You don't get the luxury of time very much. So, and, and for guys that can shoot the puck, like you might be able to get away with that in the NHL because you don't really touch the puck much anyway, unless you're shooting it. And if you're shooting it, sure. You just put it on net and you, you have the talent to, to, to score. But I, I certainly think that, um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of of difficulties in the NHL that a lot of players need to sort of overcome, and so I always kind of go into these things going, all right, you know, I could see this player doing X in the NHL, you know, this area of the game they could they could do well at, and by do well in the NHL, it means like well enough where a coach will continue to play them. You know, they might you might not get them at this area of the ice, you might not get much at this area in this area in this area, but you can bank on this in this other area. And and sometimes that's all you need, but it is really, really hard. So my expectations are always sort of like, if they make it, great. I can, I can kind of identify the guys that I could see playing a certain role, doing a certain thing in the NHL and getting away with it and, and having it work. But I always sort of go, yeah, but then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes on in an NHL game where it really challenges the best minor league hockey players around. Like there's no guarantees. Uh, and it's really, really hard. It can be really hard to anticipate exactly what a player will look like in the NHL, just because of how different it is from pretty much every other league. Yeah, exactly. I had a, a really interesting conversation with um, Tony Ferrari just after Ken Johnson made his NHL debut. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about you know, and, and I talked a little bit with Tony about the idea of sending Johnson back to Michigan for a year, letting him be the guy, and then giving him an extra year to develop. And versus the idea of, well, if he's got his EL, if he's got his DLC signed, he's in Columbus's system, and they can basically like kickstart his development. Is that the kind of thing that you could see? That like, is that the kind of thought process you could see with Putin? You know, like, okay, we're going to send him back over to Finland, but now that he signed his ELC we can have a say in his training his development like if we need to bring him back over to north america we can like is that for him you could see with with putia for him specifically probably not i think i'd rather have him you know back where he's comfortable he's been with his team in finland for years um and clearly something happened between last season and this year that really got him ignited whether that's ice time or what um, but but the goals weren't coming last year, and they certainly were there this year. I, I think another year in Finland to sort of say, all right, you've got you've got the scoring down, right? Like you've got you've done that. Like you you can do that. We know that. It's just going to be a matter of improving everything else and having more time and space in Finland on bigger ice to sort of figure that out. I feel like is the more right move for me. Um, and then maybe after the league season finishes next year, he comes over and plays in the AHL, and then you can see how he does there. And then next year, who knows what happens in NHL camp? Um, you know, it's just a big it's a big change going from European pro to North American pro, even if it's the AHL. Um, and I, I think that in my view, if you're not totally sure, then you're not sure. So I feel like with Putia, 
there are some gaps in his game for sure that that still do kind of need to be worked out. Like I'm looking at a shot map and I don't see very many NHL players with this kind of a shot map scoring a lot of goals, even though most of his goals are coming from the high danger areas. He's not scoring much from there. So I, I look at, or he's not shooting much from there, I should say. So I, I think that if you can sort of work on his gaps still on bigger ice where he's a little more comfortable, he can stay at home. Uh, you know, he's only 20, you know, so, so there, I don't, I don't think there's any, any real rush. So I think another year, could help. Um, and, and if it doesn't, if he still remains one of these sort of trigger men, you know, happy go lucky shooter guys, you know, you can still try how try it over in the American hockey league from then. But I feel, I feel like the plan seems to be send him back, you know, keep him, keep him scoring, you know, keep him confident, you know, make sure he knows that this is something, it's not a one-off season that he just had like a consistent ability to put goals in the net, and just keep on working on the little gaps in his game that 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 are that probably will withhold him from NHL success for a shooter, but certainly don't hurt. Like there there are signs that it won't hurt him long term if he can work through them. And I think at the end of the day, another year in Finland, I don't I don't I don't think really hurts him. Yeah, could you see? Or I don't know if this is like a, a thing that happens with um, NHL. Pro- Aspects. Obviously, it's a lot harder to score goals in the NHL because yep. the goalies are better. Is there a chance, do you think, of him maybe transitioning into kind of an accidental playmaker in terms of he just shoots a lot and other guys clean that up? And so he turns yeah. into not not a playmaker, I don't think is the, quite the right word for it. But like there was a point at the start of this season where everyone was getting twitchy that Patrick Lyon was not scoring goals. And then I went yeah. back and looked and realized that's because all of his goals were being were basically either bouncing off of Boonjana on the power play and he was taking the goals yeah. or it was a rebound that someone else was putting home and so he was getting a ton of assists from that and then obviously he started scoring like Patrick Laine scores and everyone yes. attacking him but is that like a thing that you could see happening with a guy like Poutier is that a thing that oh, yeah. kids that are obviously elite shooters in quote-unquote lesser leagues yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that's a good. I think that's how he was generating a lot of the production he put up when I was watching him years ago in junior. Um, you know, the pucks weren't necessarily going in, but he was creating rebounds, and that certainly factors in. Um, I I just think in terms of projecting that, it's so hard, right? Like, because rebounds are just chaos. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just you're you're kind of hoping for a bounce to go your way, which is fine and it can work absolutely. Um, and yeah, like, like again. The, the quality of his shot is not in contention whatsoever. So even if a goalie gets on it and saves it, like, yeah, there's no guarantee that that the rebounds or anything will be cleared away or, or won't end up in the back of the net. So it's entirely possible. Um, and I think that that's a benefit of just putting pucks on net. We see teams do that all the time where their strategy, you know, Carolina is a really good example where they kind of pepper from outside and then follow up on strong inside hockey with follow-up rebound chances that can put pucks in the net but they do kind of allow perimeter chances and and all that stuff and it can work um you know keep your shots low and and just go from there so that might be an angle that they take for sure and i I do think that that factors in um to a guy like puccio's value you know it's not just the puck going in the net but kind of what happens after a goalie saves it which certainly it's just hard to project and predict that because the nhl is very good defensively guys are bigger they're stronger they're quicker on pucks um you know but if you have big strong guys that can also be quick on pucks in front guys like boone jenner uh then then yeah maybe it could work out um but yeah with putia for me the big thing is see where he is at 
X period of time, then see where he is again, then see where he is again. And just one step at a time, right? Like not putting too much expectations on a guy just because he had 30 goals in the league of this year. You know, there, there was a Rangers guy who played for the same team last year and he had like 40 goals. And I was getting questions all the time about him. Is he going to play in the NHL? Is he going to score? How, how many goals could he score in the NHL? And it's like, well, I'm seeing him score these goals in the Liga. And, you know, he's there's kind of similar echoes there. I forget. I, I think it was Lori Payunyemi, I think his name is. But he came to the AHL and played there this year as far, I think, and was like a good AHLer. So you don't want to get your expectations up too high just because these guys are scoring a lot of goals. Um, it's It's more about, well, fill the gaps that are still there, you know, keep, keep taking your chances, keep doing the thing, and then we'll see where you're at. And then, you know, you just, you just keep developing and developing and, and getting to where you want to be. Uh, and I still, again, I still see a role for an NHL player there, especially with a guy that can shoot like he can. I'm just not sort of like salivating at the idea of him on the Columbus power play in September, right? Like, I just don't, I just don't think that's likely. Um, I think it's more likely he goes back to Finland, has another strong year, you know, maybe not scoring as much, maybe rounding out his offensive game a little bit better. And then who knows? We'll see where he goes from there. Yeah, for sure. It. Uh, I'm definitely more excited about Marchenko, but I think Poutier could be a, a sneaky depth option for the Blue yeah, Jackets in maybe sure. two, three, two to three seasons time. Um, so we have talked before about uh, draft eligible prospects we've talked about some columbus prospects i'm sure i'm gonna come and make you talk to me about some more draft eligible prospects after the lottery next week and we know where columbus is going to be drafting uh but people who uh have kind of listened to this episode and maybe want to learn a little bit more about prospects where can they find you and your work Absolutely. So uh, my main areas uh, you can find me are on YouTube. Uh, so I've got a YouTube channel that has videos coming out all the time, um, just scouting. Um, there's reports coming out, a couple coming out Monday, Tuesday this week as well. We do live streams every Thursday, but we will do one for the draft lottery on Tuesday this week. Uh, those will be 8 p.m. I don't remember when the draft lottery is, but it'll. the details will be on my Twitter page, which is also looks like below my face, uh, <laughs> at scouting on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow my work at mckeenshockey.com uh, for subscribers. The video team puts a bunch of work together. All my reports are there in written form. Uh, all kinds of stuff are available up there. Uh, and outside of that, uh, I believe that pretty much covers it. You can subscribe uh, to support me directly on Patreon at patreon.com scouching, where you'll get perks, you know, data cards, player visualizations, uh, early access to videos, all kinds of extra fun stuff. Uh, or you can do it through YouTube. There's a YouTube membership program as well there if you want. Um, same perks, same prices, everything. Um, but yeah, Twitter and YouTube, that's the best way to do it for sure. Awesome. Well, I know that I have been trying to catch as much prospect stuff as I can from basically all of the prospect guys that I know because this year I'm determined that when, <laughs> when Columbus drafts whoever they draft, I'm going to be like, yes, I know yeah. all about him because I've talked to all of these smart people. So uh, thank you once again for coming to talk about uh, Marchenko and uh, Poutier. And yeah, like I said, I'm sure I'm sure I'll do my best to uh, have you back on the show sometime. Of course, soon. anytime. Just wait until the Columbus drafts another Igor Chinikov and then you'll be really, <laughs> really confused and not know what to do. But uh We'll do our what best to help you out. This guy, twelve yeah. was supposed to go in the, in the triple digits. Who is this kid from rural Kazakhstan? I don't understand what's happening here. Yarmo <laughs> does it again. I wouldn't put it past him. I genuinely no, wouldn't. me neither. Not at all. Not at this point. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jay. This was a pleasure.
you are very welcome. Like I said, thanks for coming to talk to me about it. Uh, and that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow we will be continuing our prospect chat uh, by talking about the draft lottery, uh, which who knows how that's going to go. Uh, the draft lottery is tonight at, uh, I believe, 7 Eastern. So tomorrow's episode will be all about that and uh, looking at potentially who the Blue Jackets could pick with their two, probably two, maybe one, but probably two first-round picks. Uh, So that is going to be tomorrow's episode. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, Thank you for making this your first listen of the day or your first watch of the day. Locked on Blue Jackets is still and always will be free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter over at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, uh, you can email me over at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And let's cross our fingers for the draft lottery tonight. And until 